previously on the Yuang Bang podcast. Let, let's talk some Cleveland Cavaliers because they have reloaded. They are scary, and Kobe Altman should be uh, GM of the year, I think. It's a great Thanks for tuning in to the Wang Bang Podcast. This is your host, Emil Wang, here for another Warrior Wang Bang episode, coming to you with a season recap. Joining me on the line is the Genio James Liao. How's it going, man? Hey, what's good? What's good? I'll tell you what's good. Warriors sweep the Cleveland Cavaliers for the second straight NBA championship and third in four years. How do you feel about that? I mean, it's as we kind of predicted prior to the series beginning. It just was not going to be a a fair matchup uh, on both ends, and ended a little quicker than uh, we had ex- both expected. And, thank you, J.R. Smith, and thank you, LeBron's hand. I mean, honestly, it was it just wasn't even close. Like they had one game that they were really had a chance of winning that J.R. blew, and then the rest we just beat them pretty handily. I agree with you, obviously, about uh, Game 1, and both JR and George Hill blew that one. I, I think George Hill doesn't get a, get enough credit for that uh, for that choke job, but I, I thought Game 3 was close. I, I, I thought mean, it was close, it was, yeah. The scales could have tipped easily for a, a six-game series. Like, my point is, is you just never really felt threatened. Like, yeah. Game 1 was the only time where I was like, oh, crap, we might lose this game. The rest of the game, it's like, we would, we would go down or, or like, we would go up and they'd catch up. And But at the whole game, the rest of the remaining games, I was just like, I don't feel threatened at all. Like, I just don't think they're going to make a move and, like, sustain it uh, to beat us. Like, yeah. Was, that Game 3, I think we were down, like, 6 or 7 at the half. I, I think we might have been down, like maybe eight and then kevin durant hits this three as as time expires yeah. and you're just like like we've seen this before. i mean it was it was close like throughout but i still felt pretty good about it i just i don't know i just didn't really feel like we were gonna lose you're right it, 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 it i never really felt like we were threatened in the series even after I felt more confident about this series after we won game one of this year than I did about us last year after we had lost game four and we're still up 3-1. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like no. because, you know, game four last year, we got blown out of the water and lost by like 50 or something. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, we, we've seen a collapse before. I don't I don't want to see this shit again. But yeah, after game one, I was like, you know what? We, we got this. Like, LeBron... LeBron had a 51 and 8 and 8 game or something like that and and wasn't able to beat us. Yeah, and it was just like their defense is just awful. Like we just mm-hmm. our offensive offensive rating was 124.6 for the series. It's ridiculous. Like yeah. we just scored at will on them. It became so easy because it, it was just Kevin Durant. Like a lot of it was going back to the Kevin Durant ISOs. Um but also, you know, it, a lot of their defensive breakdowns too. A lot yeah, of good cuts. Exactly. Um, you know, just just a lot of stuff we've seen the past couple of years, with the exception of 2016. But w- one thing I do have to bring up, and as a, as a credible journalist, I do have to acknowledge my 
my mistake, my my poor judgment when I had said earlier this year on a podcast that Kobe Altman deserves the GM of the year. Did I did I call you out on that? Like I got to finish. Let me finish. I had said earlier this year on the podcast that GM, that Kobe Altman deserved GM of the year for pulling off the trade that landed George Hill, Rodney Hood, Jordan Clarkson, and Larry Nance. Okay, you can yell at me now. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty dumb. And I had already told you specifically, (laughs) especially regarding the two Lakers, because I had watched them living in SoCal. Those guys were just not good. Like, Nance is solid. Like, the, I was the highest on Nance out of all those guys. And, of course, he played the most in the finals. No, you George know, Hill it, probably played the most. Yeah, George Hill. George, that's true. But yeah. Nance is, like, from a bench perspective, he was the best guy. Like, he was never going to do anything flashy. He's a lob threat. He rebounds the hell out of the ball, sets good screens. He can see he's a switchy defender. Like, that's exactly the kind of guy that you would need, like, as a role player. But then you have two gunners in – Clarkson and uh, Hood, and they were feast or famine guys. I could have told you that uh, about Jordan Clarkson because I watched him for three years just do the same thing on the Lakers, just shoot the ball whenever he got it, never passed. And there's just like – you're just like there's no way – and then he just folded completely. I mean nobody expected him to be this bad. Like I knew he was bad, but like the pressure of like playing with LeBron or the playoffs and stuff, just, I mean – I think it just got to him. He just completely folded, couldn't make a shot to save his life, and didn't know what to do other than shoot the ball when he had it. He yeah, literally yeah. didn't know what else to do. Yeah, and we'll start with Nance. And you you brought up a good point that Nance was a great rebounder, great above the rim guy, great uh, you know great hustle guy. I didn't see any glaring um, mistakes. Um, not, not that I was. I don't think I was paying so much attention to him when he was playing defense, but I was a little surprised that he didn't get a heck of a lot of playing time. So maybe there, were, you know, maybe when I go back and watch highlights, I'll I'll be able to see a little bit more uh, more issues of when he was playing. But you know what you said about Clarkson was spot on. He, he couldn't make a bucket. He was getting torched on defense. No idea why Tyron Lue rode him for two full games <laughs> before. Uh, plugging in Rodney Hood and and yeah Rodney Hood had that 15 point game uh, in game three but he was like a minus 20 or something like he was awful on defense and you know the, the best example was on that on that fast break play like where him and JR both chased Clay Thompson uh and left Steph wide open uh, it that that was just a, a mind-boggling I mean, error it's like bad team communication. Like, you know, yeah. nobody – they weren't talking to each other, and then and then yeah. both of them made the dumb mistake. Like, and then you left a wide-open staff for three, so. <laughs> JR and dumb mistake. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> and we'll get to that in a second. But uh, the, the fourth key player in that trade, uh, George Hill, uh, I thought he had an okay series, but then you brought up a stat – that he was shooting like something like twenty nine percent or something on threes for the playoffs, and and yeah, he was he wasn't any better in the NBA Finals, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, he shot better from three in the finals, seven of sixteen, so it was pretty good. Yeah. But his overall field goal percentage was atrocious at ten of thirty one, so thirty two point three percent, like just ridiculously bad. Wait, George Hill only took 31 shots the whole NBA Finals? Yeah, dude, he barely yeah. shot. I mean, but that's less than, that's what, like eight shots a game? Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, for a guy that's supposed to, you know, space the floor and, you know, play with LeBron. I mean, granted, you, you know, like you said, Clarkson and Hood are, and, and you got Love that are all hogging shots. But that's still surprising that uh, a, a guy who's supposed to be a solid scoring threat was only taking eight shots a game. Yeah, um, he finished he finished the playoffs shooting 31.4% from three. Oof, yeah. Oof. Yeah, like and it only recovered because of the finals. He had a halfway decent shooting finals, but prior to that, he was shooting like Draymond Green levels. Yeah. Like this is how bad it was. That's not going to do it for him if, if they want to compete with the uh, with the Warriors. Uh, Kevin Love, I, I I thought he was what he was. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't go to him in the post more because I feel like anytime he's posting someone up, he actually does a pretty good job. But I guess who's who's he going to kick it out to once they double team when you know Jr. Clarkson, Hood, all those guys aren't shooting well. I guess there's no one he can really throw it out to. Well, I mean, so. the, this is the story of the Tai Lu Cavs, right? I mean, every year we ask the same question. Get Kevin Love going, like try to get him going early or like do run some plays for him. And then it he just kind of disappears and he just gets relegated to a spot of three-point shooter. Like, and then it's just the, the same questions arise in the playoffs every year that he's been there. Like, why is he not more involved? Like, should they run more post-up for him? But it just always reverts back to the same thing. I just feel like Love every year just plays, like, at this level pretty much. Like, they just can't – they don't have anything else to run or they just don't look for him actively. So he has to look for spot-up threes or he has to, like, you know, get offensive rebound. But it's just, like, it's so weird. They just can't figure it out. And he's been there for, like, four years. Yeah, like, that's crazy. That yeah, his fourth you can't year figure there. it out. Yeah, I, I'm surprised. Like in every year, he's in trade rumors, you know. And, and any other Cavs that you want to talk about? I mean, we talk about LeBron played well, might have played with a broken hand. Uh, that's pretty irresponsible of him, I think. If you know, I, I think if you're the best player on the team, you shouldn't be going around punching things. Yeah, but I mean, then again, you know, when Jr. did what he did, like that's yeah. just straight up. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously he helped miss the free throw, but he, dude, the, the dude had the ball and he was like under the basket and KD was out of position. Yeah. Like, that's a short floater for a two point lead. Yeah. Like, come on, dude, right there. Yeah. But it was also JR taking. JR, like, I don't, how many, how many baskets did he actually make the entire oh, no, of series? Of course. But regardless, <laughs> I mean, 31% overall shooting, 36 oh, threes. He shot better, like, from three than he did in. Yeah, he was 9 of 25 from 3, and then uh, 13 of 41 overall. Oh my Absolutely God. atrocious. So maybe he was dribbling it out and trying to shoot at 3. <laughs> <laughs> the percentages were better for him but for the him best, to take a 3. But the best thing about that play was the memes. So oh, God. Like, yeah. <laughs> so that's my favorite part about what what how that happened. It's all the memes that resulted from it. So Definitely one of the most bizarre NBA plays I, I have ever seen in my life it's <laughs> ridiculous yeah it's how oh my god yeah, can't even yeah. describe it yeah and I, I think it's been pretty well covered that we don't have to go so much into it but one thing i did want to talk about was uh the play before that when kevin durant's charging call got overturned a lot of people upset about that both uh, both players and media alike i i have no problem with it i i, I don't get why we're we're shaming the refs for getting a call right. I mean, isn't that the whole purpose of having some kind of review? Yeah, and I guess, you know, the the argument is that they kind of used a cheap rule to kind of get the call right. 
But my thought is like, why does that matter? Like the yeah. end result is the correct call was made. That's all you care about. How it got there is irrelevant. People are arguing that it's because it was that LeBron was nowhere near the restricted area, uh, restricted area right? So they shouldn't have initiated review as a re- and thus the uh, be able to overturn the call. But who? Why does that? That's why that rule is there, right? Like because there were co- times where it was close, and it's just like if they feel like they want to be able to look at that foul and and make sure that that call is right, then yeah, invoke that rule because it's not like he was like 10 feet away from the restricted area. He was in the general area and just call it. Like, I don't understand. Like it's for, for some people, the way to get there now, apparently it's like, Oh no, we have to do it. Right. And it's just like, no, you just, all I care about is the end result of the call. Is it correct or not? How do we get there? Like, what does that matter? Like, it's not like you're breaking some rule. He was in the general area. You could just invoke the rule. If it would, if if it was legitimately charged, I would have been okay with it. It's fine. Yeah, th- th- this is why we invoked, you know, instant replay review in all these sports. Um, shout out to cowboy to cowboy fans who uh, got their hearts torn out by the Des Bryant touchdown like catch that. that was overturned. But yeah, the second thing is, if the rule was there, you know, it it, it was there for a reason. If and I, I don't understand. Like, this is the exact time that they would use that. Exactly. Like, right. That's my point. It's just like, yeah. this is, if LeBron was by the free throw line, then it's like, okay, yeah. But, like, they're literally one step before he took, before he stabilized himself, like, one of his foot was on the restricted line. I mean, he was one step away from it. I mean, it's a giant step. It's like three, four feet away. But still, it's like he was in that general area. Why would you rather not call them? you know, potential in like infraction or to, to verify if he was in the restricted area or not, just so you could not get the review on the right call. Like that right. was the wrong call. They had to overturn it. Right. Right. He yeah. Squared or set. Yeah. yeah. LeBron's shoulders were moving. Yeah. And and his feet, well, he didn't even get there in time and he was shifted. Like, I'm just like, how is that? If it were me, you know, and I would like to think as a, as a very objective basketball fan, if that had happened to me, I would, I would be, I would be okay with it. I think, but um, <laughs> good news is that didn't happen to us, and our team was just much superior to. Yeah, uh, that is to good. This, yeah, so uh, we didn't have to worry about it. Let, let's let's talk Finals MVP. I mean, there's so many you know little storylines uh, in you know all the, a bunch of players stepped up. Uh, Javale Livingston. Uh, Jordan Bell uh, all, all played very, very well for the Warriors. Clay Thompson, you know, bounced back from the injury. Dre was awesome as usual. Uh, but I don't think we really need to go into that. Uh, but, but, but I do want um, – I, I think the most important discussion is this. Uh, does KD deserve the finals MVP over Steph Curry? Um, I'll start. I – I think is very rightfully earned. Uh, and I personally think that the finals MVP award is kind of bullshit to begin with. Um, obviously, Iguodala a couple of years ago was awesome in, in Ding up LeBron and, uh, you know, and he wasn't abysmal on offense. So they just gave him the, uh, the finals MVP. But I mean, if you think about it, somebody performing well is really a product of a system. And that system relies heavily on the production of Steph Curry. Now, that being said, 
Steph wasn't great in Game 3. Like, that That's an understatement. Steph was abysmal in Game 3, shooting 1 of 10 or something, or maybe 2 of 11, I, I can't remember. Like The Warriors would have lost that game had KD not gone nuclear and scored you know, 43 points and hit a dagger 3. Even in the games that Steph was good in, in Games 2 and 4, KD was still very, very, very efficient. If you're just talking about the four games... The reason why I think a finals MVP is so stupidly bullshit is because in series like this, it's literally four games. Like, the sample size is so small. You have to pick, like, an MVP from, like, four to seven games of play. I it, It's just people get so easily swayed off of one game. Like, KD having a monster game was a swing. I mean, he was not good in game one. He wasn't abysmal, but he was not good, like, in every aspect. Defensively, he was bad. He wasn't rebounding wasn't making shots. I mean, but he's just talented enough where he could still get you some stuff. But in general, he was just bad. Like, effort was really bad. And then game two, he had a really good bounce-back game. You know, very hyper-efficient. Uh, or excuse me, game three was the uh, the bigger uh, efficiency game. Uh, game two was good, too. But No, uh, game, game two, three, I think he shot 10 of 14. Was oh, awesome yeah, that was game board. two, yeah. Yeah, game he was really just efficient. Point total. Yeah, game two was the one that was, like, hyper-efficient. But, um... He really left his mark on the series in Game 3, and that's basically enough for you to win it, um, you know, from a lot of the, you know, voting, the people that are voting. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is kind of, like, weird, too, like, the voting process and the people who vote for it. It's people like Jeff and Gundy and, like, Rachel Nichols and, like, like people in the media and stuff. Sometimes it's, like, I mean, very strange to me, like, the whole process. And then, like, there's, like, seven people determining the finals MVP award. And you're just like, wait, what? There's only I think it's 11. I think yeah, oh. the yeah, oh, 11. 11 or something like that, yeah. But it's just like some small amount of numbers. And you're like, wait, what? Like, every other award is like a ridiculous amount of people voting on yeah, it. Coaches and yeah. media. And, and then yeah. this is like, there's like 11 people. You're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, <laughs> I personally think Steph is the most important player on the team. The entire offense runs through him. Like, it looks a lot better. I mean, that's what we ended up doing in the Rocket series, like Game 2 and or Game 6 and 7. You know, we started trying to put the ball in his hands more, um, and we did that in the beginning stages of uh, the Cavs series, too. Just ran the offense through Steph, so much so that they had to start trapping him. Because if they didn't, like, they, it would have just been, they wouldn't even have a close game. That Game 3 wouldn't have been close. You know, that was the first game we started trapping him. And Steph, you know, obviously it's going to take, you know, he had a bad shooting game, but they also took him out with the trapping, you know. So it's just like, what's more valuable in that sense? The guy that basically they have to adjust their entire defensive scheme to be around, to beat? Or the guy who basically is, you know, KD is just, he had a great game. One fantastic, like, all-time game, but that's it. Yeah, it's kind of like in football where, you know, you have some elite wide receiver and, and the free safety basically always has to be helping on that side, that, that cornerback side. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, it's like you don't throw to the guy, but... You're always loading up on his side, basically. Right, yeah. right, which opens up everything else for the other players to make their plays. Yeah. And, and in this case, that that's arguably what happened with Steph, you know, with the traps... Um, it, it opened things up for KD to score a lot easier, uh, post up little guys, and, and basically work with a lot more space. So I, I see what you're saying. I, I, I Like I said, I agree with I you that it's kind of a – KD getting it. Like there's, I, he was better. But I mean, it's just 
I, I just thought I wanted to point out some things that I personally think is like kind of weird with this final MVP award. I mean, granted, I thought Steph should have won 2015 too, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and honestly, I don't think Steph Curry's going to look back at his career and be like, you know, shit, I got I'm the, I'm the first unanimous MVP award winner. I got three rings, four rings, however many he ends up with. But he's not going to sit around and be like, man, like I wish he would. I wish I had that Finals MVP. Yeah, I, I mean, don't... he wouldn't obviously. But I'm just saying from a fan perspective, for a lot of us that have watched Steph. Um, from the very beginning when he got drafted all the way to his rise to become like, you know, a superstar in the league for him to get as many accolades as he has, like a finals MVP would basically be the cherry on top. You know, it would just be the, the one that would basically complete all the accolades, you know, no, man, I want to, I want him to win six man of the year, six man <laughs> or like. Or like the 2015 season where everyone's like, should Steph win MVP? Should Steph win MVP or most improved? It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> remember that? Yeah, most dude. improved player, yeah. Steph Curry. It's like, okay, yeah. come on. I mean, I mean, it was arguable that he. I, I don't know who actually won that year, but it, I mean, he did take his game. He he went from you know a, a star in the league to the MVP. That, yeah, that is a pretty big jump. Yeah, yeah. but they yeah. just give it to a guy who had scored the most points between year to year. The biggest yeah. Delta. <laughs> and then that's, that's it. That's funny. I wonder who it was. From 8 points to 15 points, most improved. <laughs> Let's see. NBA 2015. Let's see who it was. Jimmy Butler. Oh, Jimmy, oh, yeah. Jimmy Buckets. I'm okay with that. Yeah. That's yeah. another one where he just got more minutes and got a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Derek, yeah. Derek Rose stopped playing basketball. Yeah, exactly. It's like, wow. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy found the ball in his hands. Makes yeah. sense. Uh Let's talk a little bit about off-season goals. I still think there are weaknesses to this roster. I think Nick Young eventually became serviceable, serviceable, but he wasn't great. Um, Omri Caspi, we had to waive partly because he was hurt all the time, but partly because we needed Quinn Cook. What kind of player do you think we're going to be looking for in this off-season? Yeah, I mean, just so people are aware, we um, all we really have are minimum contract availability. Um, so just veteran minimums, like one to two million dollars, depending on how many years you've been in the league, uh, and also the taxpayer mid-level exception. So about five and a half million or so starting, and max is three years for that contract. Uh, but I don't see us committing more than a year to anybody we sign on the mid-level. Cap flexibility is so critical with Clay and Draymond um, uh, extensions coming up. So. I don't think they would want to tie down any long-term money. But, but yeah, I mean, I think from a, a roster construction perspective, in the very beginning, when you just kind of look at it, as a lot of people have pointed out, there's too many centers on the team. So that's the number one thing is that you've got to shed some of these guys. Like, I think Zaza is probably not going to come back. I think David West retires. I don't think he comes back. Yeah, I think he's probably done. He's 37, 38. So, I mean, you know, I don't see him playing anymore. So Zaza's out. West is out, and then Nick Young's not coming back for sure. And then, you know, Pat is a restricted free agent, so he can be offered uh, up to the non-taxpayer mid-level exception, so like $8.5 million. Uh, we yeah. won't be able to match it if somebody offers that. So, yeah. uh, but well, Lucky I for us, he got hurt, so I, I don't want to say lucky for us, but his value I, I think dropped. People, yeah, his value definitely dropped. And really, even before he got hurt, he wasn't playing that well, I he wasn't nice. this whole year. He wasn't playing well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, uh, it it does help that we might be able to re-sign him for a similar size contract to what we had paid him this year. Mm-hmm. 
Um, mm-hmm. And then maybe he can play one year and just go out be an unrestricted free agent. You know, I take a one year flyer on Pat McCaw for like three million or something. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah like mm-hmm. I, I don't think I would mind that. Um, but then, you know, as you look at it, you know, I think what we'll need is maybe one center and one wing as like guys to kind of target. You know, I think you could with the five and a half million, you can look for, you know, kind of wing players that uh, obviously three and D is the mold that we're everyone's looking for, basically. But um, that would be a good starting point uh, with that five and a half million. Yeah. And, and I, I and I feel like and I might be oversimplifying this but i i think any center will fit in well with this team oh oh by the way we're we're with kevon looney's unrestricted free agent too yeah. right kevon's yeah. unrestricted yeah so yeah. you could resign him i don't know how many offers he's gonna get that's gonna yeah. be too crazy um you know people are aware that you know i think people like that kevon is a little switchy and he can do certain things but he hasn't shown anything offensively so i don't know if guys are willing to take a flyer on that or feel so like our, they can develop him so our only center on a contract is damian joe yeah same, yeah played one. 20 meaningful minutes all in the all season so, yes pretty much but, oh uh, my God. so, so sad. yeah so we do need uh we should be in the looking on the market for a a solid center um maybe somebody of like a, a vet like zaza uh, hopefully we can bring javel back i yeah. mean I, I, he doesn't need to start but i think having him as just that other uh that that other tool in our toolkit would be valuable and but he would have to want to stay on for the vet minimum yeah because um, i mean we can offer him because he got signed the veteran minimum again uh, but we can offer him a little bit more because he's been up with the team for two years now so we could resign him using uh, early bird rights, which would basically be like 120, 140 or 150% of his current salary. So that'll end so, up being more than the minimum. So Yeah, so it'd be yeah. like close to 2 million maybe. Well, no, no, right now he, he made 2.1 last year. So or, Right, right, I'm sorry. So it'd be close to like... 3 million, yeah. 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 So you could offer something like, you know, like that, that would, uh, might be a little bit more enticing uh, for him rather than just taking the, the vet minimum again. That's the only like kind of one thing we have yeah, one thing we have leg up on. Um, you know, Zaza the same thing. Like you know, you would either take him early bird or you would take him to a vet minimum. So well, one hundred and seventy five percent of the salary in the previous season for early bird. So oh wow, yeah. So he can get a lot, not a lot, but enough where it might be enticing for him to, to for him to yeah. stay basically. Yeah, stick so. around. Don't need don't need to play too much. And win a ring. That sounds sounds good to me. Yeah. Uh, I, I forgot. We also have Chris Boucher, who's uh, our G League victory cigar that's uh, come out and played in I think one or two games. But I mean, he's he was two, he's a two way guy, yeah. just like Quinn Cook was. So who knows if we're actually going to use him? You had pulled up a a list of NBA free agents. Who do you think, within reason, you, you said we have the the mid level that we can use the taxpayer mid level, yeah, taxpayer mid level, which is what six seven yeah million? just under six like five and a half ish to six yeah depending on the cap so yeah. who, who are some players that you think we could target i mean ariza originally was on our radar but it seems like he wants you know he's looking for a final payday so he's not going to get that with us looking for the uh, equal dollar contract basically so three years like you know 50 million or whatever it's like oh my god Good, good for good for good for him. I mean, anybody who watched the the Warriors Rockets playoff series definitely was, saw the value. Received, yeah, 
Yeah, I saw the value in him. Um, another Rocket name that I'm going to throw out there is uh, Luke Bob Mute. Uh, yeah. Had played pretty well throughout the year, but just suffered that injury. I don't know how severe it was. I mean, severe enough that he, he couldn't even make layups anymore this year. But I think he's an interesting player, a very, very – a guy who fits the mold, 6'8", great length, uh, decent scorer, uh, can shoot the corner three. Wow, and he only made – Two million? He made the minimum. He took the minimum. He took a pay cut. Yeah. Chris Paul recruited him, basically. So. Yeah, come on. Don't you want to play defense on behalf of James Harden for yeah. a whole year, break your shoulder, and not get any credit? Uh, doubt, doubt he'll sign up for another year for that unless uh, unless they somehow land LeBron. Um, I, I think Bamute actually is a, is a very good fit for us if, if we can't get Ariza. I agree. I agree. It's a good one. The other one we talked about was uh, like Wayne Ellington. Like, you know, yep. I mean, it'd be a slight pay cut, but if you could offer him more guaranteed money, like he could be another shooter, you know, off the bench that we can utilize. You don't yeah. just run the same plays that you run for Clay, but you run for like Ellington, you know, it's like just mm-hmm. free him up off picks and then give him some open looks. But I mean, he just in the last two years turned into this like dead eye shooter. Yeah. yeah, he was always like, OK, but like just really, really kind of turned it up in the last two years on the heat. So. He's another guy that we can target. Um, Beasley, your uh, your Beasley. boy Mike Beasley. <laughs> good, uh, good friend of Kevin Durant's apparently. So oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and then cool. uh, China Basketball League legend Michael Beasley. So don't forget that. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. He's got, he's got his accolades. Yeah. Um, here's a good one, Tony Parker. Yeah. What is he? Is he forty years old now? Yeah, I, I don't know how old he is, but I, not not someone I want. Yeah. Um, Marco is still unrestricted. Marco. Yeah, Marco would be a good one. Though he did turn us down this year, so I, I don't know what would motivate him to join us next year. He, he could probably still get you know, get, get some good contracts. Marco, you don't play for – it's not Don Nelson anymore. You can come back. It's like Marco <laughs> was scarred for playing for Don Nelson probably. Yeah. yeah, and he probably got a lot of hate because we traded Jay Rich because of – because we had all these high hopes. Remember, remember when, when, right before we, or right around that, the draft time, we were looking at guys who were, uh, that we could have drafted, and Marco was one of them. And then we pulled up the YouTube highlights of this guy on the Italian oh, yeah. League. Oh, and then yeah. both of us were like, what the hell? He had like those ridiculous, like, falling away. Like, we're oh, all yeah. so stoked. And then he had like that crazy that summer first league. game. Yeah, Summer League. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're like, holy <laughs> shit, this is it. Yeah. The guy, yeah. the savior has arrived. He's, he's gonna, he, he's the tipping point that'll bring us to the NBA Finals. Yeah, after like, our, uh, God, we believe like absolutely you. useless. His first <laughs> yeah. three years in the league, we're like, oh my God, dude, what the <laughs> hell, man? Couldn't make an open three to save his life. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad, but it was like there were so many like open threes where we're like, okay, Marco, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. It's not yeah. what I saw in the YouTube highlights. Right. <laughs> YouTube, European basketball YouTube highlights can be deceiving yeah, Jesus. <laughs> remember we had like like serbian michael jordan also what was his fucking name um he might have even won a ring with us on on our 2015 roster uh what ned uh yeah negative ned- or... yeah yeah I it's like yeah eastern nanad never something like that Serbian Michael Jordan and his highlights are pretty. Is that self-proclaimed or what? Like, (laughs) 
I don't I don't remember him being called that. The only other <laughs> the other other highness that I remember is Air France from Mikel Pietras. Mikel step on the sideline when trying to shoot a three pointer yeah. or a head fake Pietras. Yeah. Or Mikel catch the ball and travel off the sideline. <laughs> Every time you pump fake, people can travel. It's just like, oh my god, dude, so embarrassing. Um, no, so, uh, so I, other people uh, that are also Joe Harris on the uh, yeah came up. Kyle O'Quinn uh, is another yeah, name. Big, yeah, he, he's a big man. He, he's he's a bruiser on the board. Exactly, like I just, a bruiser big man would shoot. Like who yeah. can you know kind of step out and make the three occasionally? Like you know, I'd be okay with Kyle O'Quinn. You know. Just to, as a backup center, like you get guys like me. Uh, hey, team yeah. option on Lance, Lance, make them dance. We can. <laughs> I, I would go for Lance Stevenson. Lance Stevenson, he'll replace <laughs> Nick Young as the meme guy <laughs> on the uh, on the team. Yeah, I, looking through, man, it's a, it's a good list. All right, I, I found it. I found it. Jeff Green, let's go. <laughs> I found it. It's the perfect guy, dude. Dude, no, we, eight million or six million isn't enough for him. We gotta be paying him like nineteen million a year. Man. Did, did you see him playing Game Six against the Boston Celtics? <laughs> that dude was on fire. All right. It's so fun. It's Jeff Green, the the guy who plays three good games a year, and, and those are the only games that people remember. And then yeah. they forget that he non-existent for every other game. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't see anybody yeah. else, really. Yeah, I, I think, oh, wow, Yogi Ferrell. Oh, no, Yogi's uh, restricted. Iso Joe is unrestricted. Oh, Seth Curry. Oh, Seth, bring, bring Seth back to the Bay. Dude, Brandon, Brandon Wright. I did not know he was even on the Rockets, but... Uh, no, he got waived, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, another guy we traded Jay Rich for. Oh, God. It was <laughs> yeah, drafting. I... Drafting, we traded Jay Rich for, the, I think, yeah. seventh or eighth pick, which was B. Wright, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Dougie McBuckets is restricted, so I doubt he's leaving. China legend. Wait, no, it's not him. He's not a China legend. It's the other guy. You freaking mixed up the white guys. That's racist, bro. Jimmer, Jimmer. Yeah, Jimmer Jimmer is is not a legend. The guy's like godlike in China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going after after Stefan Marbury records, bro. (laughs) Yeah, he's going to get a bigger statue than Stefan Marbury and Yao, for sure. Uh, yeah, I think I think looking through this list, uh, probably Bamute's is the, the good the best. One to go after, yeah. yeah, probably the best one. Okay, final uh, final question before I let you go. Uh, this probably will be figured out in the next couple of days, but where does LeBron James go? I still think Lakers, but I don't know because I think that's the easiest way. Um, everything else is just hard to like just to make the cap move like the way they wanted to yeah i mean everything else is just like houston is like you can make it work but it, you would have to shed like you would just straight up have to shed ryan anderson like i just don't know where you move him. like there's no way cavaliers would take him back like why would you do that they're trying to stay under the tax if lebron's out they're gonna go into the tank mode so they want assets they want young assets which the rockets do not have and they want picks which the rockets do not have well, I'm sure they have picks, but the picks just won't yeah, the picks are going to be like yeah. 29. So there's yeah. like, what the hell's the point? Why would we take this? And then, oh. $40 million of Ryan Anderson. Yeah, and you don't like, want that? For, oh, to make the salaries match, we'll give you Ryan Anderson. Be like, what? And they're over the tax, which means Ryan Anderson's $20 million contract is going to be like $30 million. He's like, dude, that dude, what? 
like not, I, I don't I don't see him going to Houston. I, I still yeah. think Philly would be really interesting. Like, you yeah, know, Philly. you got, got to work work out the egos. Uh, Celtics would be hilarious if they trade Kyrie right back. <laughs> I think that'd be that'd be awesome. Or the the uh, uh, understated one is people are like, oh, what if they try trade Gordon Hayward? <laughs> oh my god, dude! Played played five minutes with the team oh and gets god. traded. <laughs> I, I I actually don't unless Lakers can pull off the um, you know the Kawhi PG three and LeBron lineup. Yeah, which I, I guess is looking looking possible. Um, Very possible, I think. Yeah, but if that's not guaranteed, and LeBron has to play with only one of those guys, plus you know, that's Alonzo, not I agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He might as well just stay East and have you know just sleepwalk his way to the NBA finals. Well, I mean, Boston would be better next year, so it won't be a cakewalk. But he could join Philly, and then they'll they'll give Boston you know yeah a lot of trouble, and and you know probably still beat him. So it's like. You know, if he joins Philly, then he would still have every every team would be easy for them except for the Celtics. But yeah, if he comes west, like just him and PG, I don't think is enough. But if they can do um, enough to to get Kawhi on the team, then absolutely, that's a monster team. Like from a talent perspective, that is like comparable with GSW. You know, right. they would have two like top five guys also. Like when healthy, Kawhi was a top five guy. You also have like a you know another top twenty guy in PG. You know, yeah. so from a talent perspective, it's close to what we have up top. But I think the rest of the roster is going to be really crap. I mean, yeah. it's going to look like ours. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Except we, yeah. you know, we don't have a. We still have, we still have Draymond and Iggy. Yeah, Livingston. exactly. That's the main thing is we still have a Draymond, an Iggy, or a Sean Livingston. You know, yeah. that those guys won't have. They'll have a Lonzo Ball. I mean, I like Ball, but you know. Right. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna have a ball of our own, Leangelo, hey, hey, bro. Jello, baby. I'm ready, I'm ready for the hey, Leangelo 40, ball. F- hey, 40% shooter in the Lithuanian league hey, over the course of 14 games. I, that is not promising numbers. I tell you that. 72 points, dog, against the Guangdong Southern Tigers under 16 team, but whatever, it's fine. <laughs> 72 is 72, dog. It doesn't matter. Really? He had 72 yeah, points? but that was wow. that whole game was staged. They're playing the Guangdong Southern Tigers? Like, they're young, like, they're JV team, basically. Oh, wait, this was, is their Lithuanian team that played this, an yeah, under-16? It, it was a oh, big God. baller brand exhibition game. Oh, yeah, oh. It was well, not yeah, a league game. It was just like, <laughs> oh, you know, do this. And then it was the day before they announced he was entering the draft. Shocking, right? Oh, that's like real legit fake news. <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> oh yeah, one thing I did want to talk about was that weird, um, like people made a big deal about that that Bob Myers thing at the parade. Did you see that? Yeah, it was fucking. You know who caused that fucking fits? Dude? Yeah, it Fitz was is a goon, dude. It was like a bad like. It, it was, was a just a joke. bad dad joke kind yeah. of. And like, like honestly, Bob uh, Bob Myers, his response was fine. Like you could tell it was a joke, but I think when Fitz like followed it up. With his like awkward like oh you said you would give Steph Curry anything like why would you follow it up with that question like ah damn it Fitz and then you set him up to fail basically yeah because you know? I actually thought what Bob Myers said was pretty funny he was like yeah like he was the like first veteran part minimum of it. or something yeah 
The first part of it is fine, but like Fitz, I just thought that whole time Fitz was just weird. I, I feel like those parade interviews are always weird. All right, man. Well, look forward to an exciting summer of free agent uh, acquisitions, and if we got time, I'll uh, hopefully be able to sit down with you before uh, before the season starts. Sounds good, man. Go Dubs. Go Dubs. Ah, ah, it's a great time to have a ball. It's a great way.